It's really difficult to find great executives. Spirit Consulting helps organizations find all-star executives and hire the right one using work psychology so you can serve more customers and grow your business. To get a free quote, go to spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. I am your host, Christopher Gomez, and I have like my best friend in the whole wide world, <laughs> such an incredible man of faith. He is literally, oh, I just can't even, words don't even describe how much I love this man. For those of you, uh, for those of our listeners that don't know who you are, who are you? Wow. Thanks, Chris. It's, I want to say it's an honor, bro, that, that I'm here with you. It's an honor to be able to, to uh, talk to you today and be a part of this great movement and this great podcast that hopefully touches a lot of people and um, makes a difference in our world today. So. Yeah. Um, Mike Cimino. So I'm, um, let's see. Uh, I'm a father of five. I've been married to my bride, my my the love of my life, Joy, for uh, 30 years. Uh, Woo! Yes. <laughs> 30 years. Let's go, Mike. Whoa. <laughs> let's go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I got, uh, I've got five children. So blessed with two adult sons, Nick and Kev, 27 and 25. Mm-hmm. And then my uh, my three girls, Faith is is twenty, Hannah is eighteen, and my baby Maria is fifteen. So, uh, very very extremely blessed to be a father, uh, to be a husband, and then doing my best to be uh, a light in our world today. So that's who I am, Chris. Awesome. Well, first of all, I didn't know that you one of your daughters were named Hannah. That's the uh, the the namesake of my beloved wife Hannah Gomez. <laughs> and what a beautiful name uh, it is! Isn't that cool? I love that, bro. I love that. Yeah. So, um, so Mike, can you tell us a little bit about your work and ministry work that you're involved in? Yeah. So, uh, started Fishers of Men. My mom and dad were in the Charismatic Renewal back in the late '70s. So, um, attended a a conference in at Notre Dame in 1978. Came back. They were regularly faithful people, faithful followers, um, went to mass every week, were moral people, good people, good heart, great um, friends, just solid, solid people. Um, had a dramatic conversion uh, that weekend when they went to Notre Dame, and um, they came back different people. Um, they had an, an encounter, a conversion with, with the Lord, with with Christ Jesus and um, the, 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 our lives as a family changed from that point forward, Chris. So my, my mom and dad lived their faith in a very radical and, and powerful way through most of my life. That, uh, that, that event happened when I was 12 years old. So um, from that point, moving forward, our family life just really, really changed. So with that, um, I had the base foundation for a, a life lived in faith that was much different than probably most, much different than all my friends, for sure, much different than most people that I knew. Um, but with that came great blessings and trials that the Lord had worked with us through, and um, that, that, that did a tremendous blessing in our, our family as well as uh, those that were working for us at the business and, and things of that nature. So. Fast forward to 1998, um, I attended a men's conference in uh, Rockford, Illinois called Walk the Talk. 
and um, my conversion happened that weekend. Now, I, I I was around my mom and dad praying with people or over people and catching people as they pray and and doing a number of things, retreats at our house. We had just lots of things, faith-filled things happening in our house <laughs> all the time. So that was not no, abnormal at all. It was normal. So, but with that, I just was not in the game. I was a spectator hmm. and I was very afraid of losing control of my life and feeling that, um, I, I don't, I don't know about this whole, this craziness that, that my mom and dad are involved with. And, and I was just very fearful of it, Chris. Um, but Mike, I'm not, Mike, I'm not smart enough to do the math on, on, on from when they lit fire yeah. to when the men's retreat was, but what is that period of gap? What so, is that? Yeah. yeah so 70 from 78 all the way to 98 so oh. 20 years 20 oh. years and i'm 33 at that time so are you are you like going to mass what is your own yeah my, my own faith life is attending mass on a regular basis but that's really it an hour a week checking in um not really probably never missed a week but but my faith life was a mere check in Bro, how, how is that even possible that you're seeing people resting in the spirit and like retreats are going on at your house and, and you're, and you're not catching fire. That's, that's, no. unique, that's unique to me. So I was, again, it, it was a, it was a, a regular custom in our family for that to happen, but I was so afraid of it. And of course you and I know Chris, that we can't force anyone be it our family member and or friend or colleague or, or work, you know, a person that works for us, you know, to, uh, to jump into the faith and to have a faith that's lived and in, in, in his experience and encounter a conversion. We can't, we can pray for that, but we can't force anyone to do that. So obviously my mom and dad didn't do that with me either. And it just took me that long for me to let go and say, okay, Lord, I guess I'm ready now. So, so Mike, do you mind if I ask a follow-up question about that? Yeah. Sure. So when you talk about your, I'm just kind of curious about, so with your, with your parents, were they, did they have open conversations and dialogue with you about like, where are you at with our Lord? What was like the level of, of healing that had taken place? Because like the way I kind of look at faith is like, we have these encounters with our Lord and you start growing you know, as you, as you deepen your faith and your walk with him. Correct. But then I guess what I'm curious about is like from that, you know, healed people heal other people yeah. and wounded people continue to wound. So I'm just curious, like, did they have the conversation like, Mike, I'm seeing that you're struggling in this way or like, what was that relationship like over that 20 year period? And I guess probably more than anything, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, dig in deep at all or uh, what I, I guess I, in my own curiosity, because like, you know, my wife and I are, that's kind of like where our house is at. Yeah. And, and we do kind of have deeper conversations with our boys, but you know, it, I guess it gives me a little bit of pause and fear and a little worry too, of like, you know, what if they've got to go through that 20 year period without being able to have that deep intimacy? Correct. So it very much interested me when I was young, but I went from 12 into my teen years, which were havoc Chris just havoc in the culture as well as havoc um, in my own personal life 
as a young teenager, um, didn't have a real good sense of, of my own identity of who I was in Jesus and Christ didn't have an identity of who I was as, um, a young person in the Lord and what that took for me to follow him in terms of living a life that was in his grace and not, and not in a life of sin. So I took the other path, the path of sin and the world and the drinking and the partying and the girls and the, and the sports and the playing this plan. You know, I went from one sport to another. I was a gifted athlete as a young person. So I had that ability to play um, sports. So I, I engulfed myself in that. Um, and it became, you know, for me, you know, uh, um, me being able to live in the world instead of of the world. So it, 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 it allowed me cause my mom and dad were not people that would force anything on me, which, you know, again, to their credit, they, they allowed me to, to fall and make mistakes, which I made tons of them. And then, um, had the opportunity for to help pick me back up and, and find my way. But I just was never, I was never interested in giving my life away to the Lord. I just was not, I wanted to live my life the way I wanted to live it, which was pride and selfishness, but that's who I was as a young person. And it, it took me a while for the Lord to get a hold of me. So yeah, if that helps Chris. Yeah, I, I didn't know that we had that similarity of, of living 20 years outside of a relationship with God. So, yeah. so you know, what, what comes to mind, Mike, is that oftentimes those periods of suffering and, uh, and darkness allow us to be able to understand and have empathy for the, where people are currently at. And if you lived a, an entire, your entire life of, of this holiness journey, you may not really be able to understand when people talk about, you know, being in sin and feeling like they're trapped and, and how they're suffering, et cetera. So, so yeah, I'm sure it wasn't easy for God, our father to watch you go through a lot of those trials, but, but, you know, all things work together for good. And now you're able to turn around and use that for, for meeting people and building up the kingdom. So can you talk a little bit about what Fishers of Men is and what it does and, and how that's come together? So we, we started as a very small Bible study at, at St. John's in, 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 in the east side of Joliet. Um, and it, we just started to grow in, in, in knowledge of, of the Bible and try to work on a relationship with Christ. We met Matthew Kelly, at um, who runs Dynamic Catholic now. We met Matthew Kelly at that first conference. He was 19 years old. Um, my dad was blown away. Like, where does this guy get all this wisdom from? What's, what's going on? He's too young to under, you know, to be able to speak the way he does. And yeah, he was just a powerful voice for the Lord. He just was an instrument of grace for the Lord. And through that, um, he made a, a direct impact on me. It was like, he was speaking right to me. Hmm. There was probably 3000 men at the, at the conference that day, but you know, he was speaking directly to my heart in my soul. So, um, it was powerful, Chris. So with that, we started the study, boom. Um, we started growing, started eating up, pray, learning how to pray, learning how to read, understand what the scriptures are saying and what that book meant about how that our, the Lord wanted to renew our mind, 
renew my mind and build a strong relationship and foundation for how do I want you to live, Mike, as a, as a disciple of the Lord. So um, we just kept asking guys to come and, and grow. Um, and from that, we had a pastor change at St. John's. He was a, a, a different guy that wanted to control everything. So he really stopped us from meeting. Um, it took him about six months to get through every, every organization at the church at that time. And he stopped us from meeting. So we started meeting at the restaurant at our family's business mm. because the guys didn't want to stop meeting. They're like, Whoa, wait up a minute. What do you mean? We got it. We can't meet anymore. So again, uh, father was a little controlling and, and probably had some shortcomings as we all do. Um, but with that, it moved us out of our comfort zone of St. John's. And then through that, we prayed about, Lord, what are you doing here? What you? How do you want us to handle this? It was a discernment period for us. At that time, we then broke, um, not broke. At that time, we opened uh, ourselves up to a um, nonprofit and a ministry wanting to reach men at other places. So with that, we became a, a, a 501c3 and started to branch out and, and go to other places, other parishes, other churches and help men do the same thing that we were doing at St. John's. So that's really what pushed us out of our comfort zone. We probably, I mean, who knows how it would have transpired, but we took a negative and made it a positive and the Lord was all behind all that for us to grow and move out of uh, just a small group at St. John's into a group that's working with our diocese to, to help, help make that happen at all the parishes within our diocese. We're hoping to find a place where regularly guys can come, whether they meet at the church or meet at a home or meet at a, a place of business, but where they're weekly getting together to encourage one another to live the, the Christian life in, in God's power, in him, in his spirit, making a difference and helping other men come to know the Lord. So that's what we do. So we do a lot of things around that. Um, your camps, Chris, the camps that we started, uh, the hockey camp and the baseball camp and all the camp work that, that we got involved with was an outreach again of me doing a job change and I'm searching, Lord, what do we want me to do? What am I, what can I do? You know, it was another way of, of the Lord opening my eyes to what he wanted us to do. And, you know, and through that good, good things happen. So, we're an outreach to men, both Protestant and Catholic. Now we we, we deal a lot a lot with a lot of men in the in the Catholic environment, but guys invite guys that they know, Chris. So my guys, you know, goes to a Bible church in, in Manuka. Well, that guy comes to our meetings, you know. So we we we're bridge builders. We're not dividers. So we want to build guys up in their faith, in their Christian faith, wherever they're at. Many of those guys happen to be Catholic. We do a lot of, of work within our our Catholic faith and with the diocese. Um, in Joliet, in our Joliet Diocese, that encompasses a, a big area, a large area, much bigger than our area. But with that, we move around doing all those things. And with that, we try to bridge build and help guys, no matter where they attend on Sunday, grow in their relationship with Christ, know the Lord, and make a difference in his spirit by living their faith and not just checking in for a week, uh, an hour a week at church. So, Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And so that's looking like the, the weekly meetings that are going on. 
and you meet on a monthly basis for Catholic men nights at, at different parishes throughout the diocese. Right. Plus you have an annual conference that you guys run. You right. got a breakout with uh, retreats that are happening uh, through the JP2 Healing Center out of Florida and that synergy with that. Uh, and then Catholic Sports Camps Ministry for, for young kids. And then I know you guys are also helping out with Women of the Way, which is also the same format, uh, except for women instead of for men. So Mike, uh, well, you guys got a lot of things going on for sure. Yeah. The Lord's doing some good things, Chris. So as as people come into, you know, as we encounter them, we 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 we... we we make a relationship, we build a friendship with them, and then we help them and uh, in their whatever God's calling on their own heart to grow, build, build His kingdom in our world, and in whatever way that 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 you know is happening per personally for them. So, with that, including yourself, lots of good things have happened by people stepping out of the boat, you know, and not just being um, in their comfort zone of oh, I just go to this meeting and I. That's what I do, and I don't do anything else. Well, that's not what the Lord's calling us to. He says he's calling all of us to go and make disciples and live our faith every day, not just once a week on Sunday, but every day at work, at home, at, at the practice that you're at, at wherever, you're, wherever you're at. We encounter, all of us encounter people everywhere. He wants us to live in his spirit and in his power and bring his kingdom to our world today. He's alive and he's alive in us. I love it. So, you know, I've got a heart for ministry work and for loving people. And this podcast is all about where business and virtue intersect. So can you tell me a little bit about where you feel business and virtue intersects as it relates to your, um, your day job as uh, working as a, as a farmer's agent? So I, I try to bring my faith into every part of my life that I'm involved with. As an agent owner at the in the business, I I build my I've built the the, the at least the um, agency build business on building relationships, having trust in people, right? That they trust me, and doing things differently, Chris, which means loving people and not selling them something that they don't need or putting them in a bad spot because I want to make a sale. Um, but doing things the way the Lord would do them, you know, what, what would Jesus do? What that, That's the way that I run my business and how do I try to influence others that I encounter within the business is to treat them every day with love. Um, I have in my office, I have, all of our stuff that we use at the Catholic Man Nights, all the books are all here, um, and they're sitting on the desks in my office. So when people come in and I'm on the phone or I'm with another client and they're just waiting for me, they're going to pick up one of the books, you know, and the books are all there to help them encounter Jesus. So, what, Mike, what's this? What are these? What are, what's this pamphlet? What's this? Where's this conference at? What's, what's with that picture that you got there? So there's encounters in my office every day for when people come in and they come in often, you know, at least once a month, especially the older people to, um, to either pay your bill or, or talk to me about something that they're having trouble with. And there's an opportunity for us to be able to, you know, lay a seed. We're, 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 
the Lord wants us to spread seed, right, everywhere we go and whatever we do, and 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 there's a process that happens with that. So if if they're going to come here and I'm the only Bible that they read, I want to make sure that I'm 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 allowing the Lord to speak and love them where they're at, or maybe help them in another area that would be outside of what we encounter with just the business. So, yeah, I use the business, both businesses, the restaurant and the insurance business to encounter people, to love people, to bring the love of Christ to them so that that something's different about that Semino guy. What's going on there? He doesn't act the way most people act. What's going on? So with that, there's, there's opportunity for grace for God to work. So that's what the, in terms of virtue, Chris, all the stuff that you, that you brought into um, your business and the, and the foundation principles of what you're bringing to the work life, right? To the business life are fruits of God's spirit. Those are things that we, as we grow in the Lord, as we grow in prayer, as we grow in relationship with them, those should bear fruit in our lives. And they're not things that most people even think about, nor are, are after. So those opportunities to grow in those ways are awesome. And you've put them into, um, into a flyer, into your business, and you're helping other people that work with you. Practice those, pray for those. And ask God to work those into my life, into the lives of the people that you work with, which is just tremendous and awesome. Because Lord wants to cooperate with us, with He wants us to cooperate with His grace. How do we do that? We need to know what those things are. We need to pray about them and ask the Lord to make them real in my life. So, because none of us are perfect, and we got long, all of us got long ways to go in this. Mm-hmm. So, have you been feeling unfulfilled? You want to be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riveralightchicago.org. Again, riveralightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. So that's actually where I wanted to go next because, you know, the, the audience here is people that I've connected with over my 15 year consulting career. Uh, And so we're talking about some that can be atheists, some that can be come from uh, Judaism, Muslims, Buddhists, evangelical Christians, you know, Catholics all over the place. So, So some, some people may look at someone like you and say, all right, well, you know, here's this holy roller guy and, and, and just think, you know, that's unattainable. And so just kind of curious about, you know, the opposite of virtue is vice. So Mike, I'm just kind of curious about like from when you originally met Jesus and you were on that walk, what were some of the things that you had to overcome what were some of the things that Mike Semino had to decrease so that Jesus could increase in, in your wow. life? Wow, Chris. So um, I dealt a lot with wounds. Like many of us deal with, with, with trauma from our past and wounds, you know, have a way of, of um, 
hurting us, and then they affect the way we think, and they affect the way that we act. So I knew right away when I at, at early in my conversion that I had a tendency to exaggerate whenever I would tell a story, or I would start believing untrue things that I would just say in my head, and I would tell to somebody. And the Lord convicted me very early of, of truth. Of you, Michael, you need to be a man of truth. And everything that you say, it needs to be true. And that's just something that you're making up or something that you think is right when you know it's not right. Right? So the Lord was dealing with truth for me right out of the box, Chris. Right? And and if you're struggle, which I did as a young person, with telling the truth and living the truth, we're not going to get very far in the, in the, in the, in the Christian life. So that was an early struggle that I had very early that I worked on for years. And as praying to the Lord about like, Lord, help me to slow down and, and, and think before I act and speak so that I can be truthful and not just react. Or if someone's reprimanding me or a boss or somebody above me is, is criticizing me that I don't just react. I take that in and I, I'm right. So humility was another thing, Chris. I was so full of pride as a young adult, young man. I had had lots of success in business, lots of success in, in sports and other things that I did. I had this swollen ego. And with that ego came me putting others down whenever I was criticized. And the Lord had to do a number, which he's still doing on me today. I'm much better, but it's it's difficult to be humble, to learn to be humble and learn that the Lord is doing work, interior work in me to help change me. So humility, truth, honesty. Um, um, yeah, those are the three that pop up right away, Chris, that I know that I had to deal with. And I, I still deal with those issues today, but not not nearly where I was at when, when that all began, but um, uh, many of the virtues are difficult um, because they deal with us growing into be Jesus, growing to the, be the best, as Matthew would say, the best version of ourselves, right? Well, the best version of ourselves is the Holy Spirit living in me and working in and through me. So I get out of the way and I'm not just, you know, telling, I don't want to tell Chris what I, the Mike Semino story, I want to tell them the Lord's story. I want to have wisdom so that my ways begin to be God's ways and not what I think or what I know, because that can get swallowed up in pride many times. So, um, so I would say that those three are, are, are the ones that come right to, right to mind as, as we're talking, Chris. Why is fellowship and why is intentional fellowship so important as part of the healing journey, but then also for growing in virtue? Yeah. So in the book of Proverbs, King Solomon writes, as iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another or so one woman sharpens another right 
So when we can come from a place of humility and help someone grow in love and in virtue, we help them become better as in whatever vocation that they might be in, Chris. Whether that's a single person, whether that's a husband, whether that's a father, whether that's a son, whether that's a daughter or a mother, wherever, right? So the Lord wants to use us as his instrument always, wants to use us to help others come to know him, love him, and serve him. And with that, the Holy Spirit's job is to help change us internally into the Lord, into Christ. Now, if we come from a different faith and we don't know the Lord or we have a, a, a different belief system, the idea of, of virtue versus vice still makes a tremendous difference and can make a tremendous difference in people's lives. Because at our core, at within our heart, in our at our core, right, we're made in the image and likeness of God. Okay? So with that, when the Lord's working in and through us, when we're practicing virtue, we're becoming a good, better people, honest people, loving people, right? And with that, then we begin to bear fruit. And again, in our faith, Chris, we, we, we go back to, you know, um, John's gospel in the 15th chapter where Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. That stain could abide in me and I will abide in you. Right. So apart from me, it say, he says, you can do nothing, which means, OK, I try to do this thing on my own. I'm going to struggle. I'm not going to bear much fruit. But if I do it in him and I ask him for his help, as I ask Chris Gomez for help, ask I ask Bob, Bob Valera for help, as I ask Jim Betis for help or Greg Rodriguez for help or Chris Branley for help, um, we working together and, and cooperating with God and the Holy Spirit, we can become the best version of ourselves. And in our faith, that would mean growing in the Holy Spirit and in the power that signified a change in God's kingdom by the works and the way that we treat one another in our world today. So I have two last questions for you, Mike. So I want to, we'll get into the, the second one, which is just the second one is just basically how can people get a hold of the work that you're doing? So don't answer that. But before we get into that last question, I'm just curious, like as we talk about removing vice and growing in virtue, can you speak to, you don't have to drop any names, but can you maybe give a, a testimony of, of, you know, being in ministry for as long as you have and loving people and helping them to become the best version of themselves? Can you maybe speak about some, uh, some people that you witnessed that have just their lives have been radically transformed from the work that you've been doing. Yeah. So uh, again, I would, I would, um, I would say that um, the Lord is, is continually working in and through me as well as a number of the other men that work with us to help um, people make a, a first of all, just a choice about, 
how they want to live their lives, right? And what, what does that mean, right? And whether it has purpose or it doesn't. So um, I'm, I'm working with a friend right now that I've been working with for a long time that was dealing with uh, divorce in his past and then the effects of that on, on him in terms of his work life, his family that he was kind of taken away from because of the split in the, in the family and in the divorce. And then learning about what, where is God in all of that? Where is God? And how does he want me to respond to that, that situation? So through prayer and through God working with me and through my friend, um, there's been a dramatic shift in both thinking and in action in terms of how do I respond to my ex-wife? How do I respond to my children? And what voice do I want to be in the world um, for, to your point, Chris, positive virtue and not negative and vice? Because I think when we encounter people, it's easy for us to get caught up in the bad things that are going on in our world or in the culture, right? And then with that, when we, oh, that's all that we jump on or we share with others, we're just bringing people that are already maybe kind of depressed or in a bad place mentally because of all the things that go on with TV and in our culture today, right? Bring them from a bad place where there may be negative already into even a worse place because now I'm just spewing that more in terms of my anger, my being upset, my, I, th this is terrible, right? So all of us encounter people every day and specifically this friend that I was working with now brings positivity into a conversation, now brings light into a conversation. Now the focus is for his ex-wife and for his children for them to see the Lord and not see him any longer, Chris. So random acts of kindness, even little things. St. Teresa Lisieux would say, just do the little things with what? Great love. Mm -hmm. Do little things with great love, right? And expect nothing in return, right? Well, that that's mostly how God works, not how I work, right? Mm -hmm. If I... <laughs> if I send a nice bouquet of flowers over to my wife, I'm hoping that I get at least a little smooch on her and say, thanks, babe. That was really nice of you to do that. Well, how about you get nothing? How about you get zero? How about you get no call? How about you get no text? How about you get no thank you? No nothing, right? Mike, so let me stop you there. I yeah. struggle with that, <laughs> to, yeah. be, to yeah. be very frank. Like, I recognize in my own walk that sometimes I, you know, you go off and you you do all these selfless acts. And then sometimes you, it's like, maybe it's like, I'm getting to this place where I'm almost stuffing. And then maybe there's like this blow up where I'm like, Lord, why I've been doing all this stuff. Like throw me a bone. Like, you know, I'm going to pull out like major scriptures oh, and start dropping it left and right. In. Right. <laughs> and the Chris the conversation you and I having right now is conversation I have with my buddy. Mm. I said, how would the Lord 
do what you're doing? And how would he respond? So that not in the immediate, but over time, that person continually feels love and loved continually just through random acts of kindness that will begin to make an impact Chris that makes an impact Mm -hmm. and now it starts shifting the mind into why I do what I do and what, 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 what effect does it have right so when we become um, grateful people, I, I answer my emails all the time. Grateful Mike. Even on my, 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 all my farmer stuff, all my business stuff, I send grateful Mike. Wow, what, what's he got to be grateful for? Right? I just canceled my policy. <laughs> <laughs> and I thank people when they do that, bro. I do. But how, how would Jesus respond? To that so i put that into practice right and then i help other guys like i'm, I'm sharing with you just one example that there's been a dramatic shift he's still struggling a little bit but a dramatic shift in mindset on how how do i make an impact for the kingdom over time not in the not in the immediate not in the right now but over time so that they can be feel loved and receive love. So the, that's the Lord working. That's him working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. So that's the belief that we have. That's what God's word says is true. And I'm banking on it. And I've seen it happen in my own life. It matters and it changes people. It's not in the immediate, but it happens over time. So that's working through some of the struggles that um, this particular friend has that's made an impact and a difference. And I see it in his face. I see it in how he talks to people when they come in, when I encounter them and I'm with them. And, you know, sure, there's times when we slip up and, we fall back into bad habits, but we want that to become, like I said, right, Chris, what we're talking about, a virtue, right? We got to do it, practice it over and over and over again and not necessarily be expecting the response that that makes us even more excited to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, but if we plan our, 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 if we sink our roots deep into the Lord, deep into him, in terms of our prayer and the way that we live our lives. He rewards us through it within our heart and through our inner self. He's rewarding us. Even when exterior people are not rewarding us, right? Because those are the ways that we normally feel it and get it, right? But when we sink those roots deep into him and we're relying on him for everything, Now, all of a sudden that I don't necessarily need to have all the rest of it from all the the other people that are in my lives, especially um, those that are bother me or um, I don't have a good taste in my mouth about um, because God wants to love them, too. And he wants to change them. And sometimes he uses us 
to do that. Yeah, I love what you're saying. It just seems like the more selfless that you become, the more loving that you become, the only way that you're able to be able to even continue to operate at that level is going to be you got to fill up the tank because if you're not <laughs> if you're not filling up the tank you're not going to be driving anywhere oh bro so you, you, have, fill the tank. you have to pray you, you got to pray yes yes yeah, that's the key sink the roots in deep just the, and when we go to there the beautiful thing chris is that you've learned and i've learned and a number of us have learned is that when we go into the place of quiet when we go into prayer, we go into our place, our prayer closet or wherever we go, we go into that place. That well never runs dry. Doesn't mean that we won't feel like uh, St. Teresa or I mean uh, uh, St. St. Mother uh, Teresa. Mother dry. Teresa, I was going to say, yeah. Right? Years. Years. Of struggle, not feeling nothing, right? But she kept at it, though. She kept at it, Chris. She kept at it, right? So it doesn't mean that we won't go through periods where we don't feel anything, but the Lord wants to fill our tank. He wants us to work in his power. And the saints and those that have gone before us some of them figure out that that um, better than others in terms of how to fill their tank, but they're all very have all become with their weaknesses, and all of us got that. That they 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 become virtuous over time. It's not a snap. It's not something that happens overnight, but it's something that they are dedicated to. That there's discipline with it, and that with that there's fruit that bears from it. Because the Lord does want to work in and through us. And he knows when we're struggling and when we need to have, and I need, I, I want to get to that well that's that Jesus talked about at the, the woman at the well from the Samaritan woman. You know, he was, that was truth that he said. That, that you drink from this water, you'll never thirst again. You know, so doesn't mean that I won't go through periods of being thirsty because I do, but um, that well is the one that we want to tap into. Amen. So, Michael, how can people get a hold of you and the work that you're doing? So, um, Fishers of Men Online dot um, org is the ministry website, um, and they can get through. They can get um, also find me on. Uh, I'm, I'm not big on the social websites. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I don't I don't uh, tap into Facebook or any of that stuff at all. But um, you can find me at, at Farmers for Surf. You Google Mike Semino. Sure. It's, and Mike, we'll include all that information yeah. in the show notes, et cetera. So. Yeah. yeah. But um, relish the opportunity and love the opportunity to be able to help anyone that, that I could, male, female, young, old, no matter where you're at, struggling. Um, there's great news. And there is great good news um, in our broken world today that 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 um, God is alive. He's not dead. He's very alive. And he and there's good, lots of good happening. There's lots of renewal happening. There's lots of forgiveness happening. There's lots of um, revival happening, but it doesn't get the news, and it's not on most of the social media. 
platforms that you most people attend to. So, um, but he is alive, and he's well aware of our the state of our world today. So, he's he's equipped us, and he is equipping us. He has equipped us, and he is equipping us for the times that we're in. And he's aware of everything that's going on. Nothing is news to him in terms of uh, the of the struggles that we have in our world today. But he's waiting for me and Chris, you, and everyone else who's listening to this podcast to be his instrument and be his force in our world for good today. And he needs many of us for that to happen. So I just want to encourage you that. Well, Michael, I love you with all my heart. I think you're super funny. I think you're, you're the best and you're such an inspiration and uh, thank you for the work that you do. And it was just so honored to be able to have you on the podcast today. Chris, such a blessing, my brother. I, 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 I again, feel blessed to be a part of this. Feel blessed that you included me and in, in wanted to do the interview. And I feel like I hope and pray that the Lord has spoken today in a powerful way. And hopefully there's um, good that, you know, there's fruit that comes from, our conversation today. Thank you, my brother. Absolutely. Take care, Mike. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. (laughs) Just joking. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.